0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And welcome back. This is Matt Watson, your host today for Startup Hustle. Today I am very excited to talk to Mr. David Selinger, and he is with a company called Deep Sentinel. And um, is reinventing how the security systems work and excited to get all uh, to talk all about that. Um, before we get started, I want to take a second to, to tell you today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Gusto. Gusto has modern solutions for modern HR problems, which we all have too many of. Whether it's <laughs> talent management, payroll, onboarding tools, Gusto's HR platform has it all for you. Be, sh- be smarter than your competitors. Try it Three free... Oh my God, I can't even talk to today. Try a three-month free subscription now. Just sign up at gusto.com slash startup hustle to get started. That's gusto.com slash startup hustle.
1: Well, welcome to the show. Matt, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, I, I guess going on the Gusto theme for a second, how is hiring for you? Is
1: that a, is that a disaster? Oh man, so, you know, it's it's been... Weird is probably the the right answer, right? I mean, like there's there's uh, kind of stages of growth of companies that are normal and stages that are hard and and ones that are easier. the The pandemic's just been weird, um, and it it's a, a interesting combination of people that are really scared and like want to work hard and are willing to kind of really help put their elbows in, put their shoulders into the work and then a bunch of people that are just ghosting interviews we've had you know the the typical story of somebody will will sign up for an interview show up and say i'm just verifying that i'm here and then hang up and uh you know, i mean you can kind of figure out what that's for
0: wow and that's bizarre.
1: uh yeah it's 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 been ridiculous and i mean you hear that everywhere but to actually have it happen time and time again you know in our hiring report the uh ghosting not showing up ratio <laughs> It's wicked, wicked high right now. Um you know, and I can talk about it a little bit. I mean, we're an interesting business in that we have a bunch of different types of employees. So we've got technology. Where are you guys based out of? So we're based in California. So we are but most of our employees now through the pandemic, we've really gone nationwide and, and global yeah, wide. Like most of And we have a everything from software engineers to DevOps, which are technical positions, AI engineers, uh, typical kind of back office finance. And then we also have uh, a number of hourly positions like our security guards. And uh, and it's been different across the board. I would say at a very high level, the number one thing that we're seeing is, is like I said, it's, it's weird. But the number one thing that I think is actually maybe good is I think the pandemic forced a lot of people to rethink what they want to do, whether you're in a job that you like and you enjoy, whether you like the people that you're working with. Well, especially so if there's the- more opportunities, right? Yeah, there, there's I mean, more is,
0: opportunities out there. So, like you know, I don't really like working here, and everybody's hiring, so I might as well go do something. Exactly,
1: else. exactly. So, I think I think you know, though I would say I think that's good, right? Like a lot of people are afraid of employee churn. I would way rather have someone quit and find somebody who's like super stoked on their job than yeah. be surviving and kind of like hanging on with somebody that, that doesn't really like it. So, I mean, it's it's been interesting. We we went through a rash. Uh, we have almost no employee churn at all in general we went through a rash right at the beginning of the pandemic as people kind of rethought their priorities. And then we went back to normal again, where we've had very, very little employee churn in the last year.
0: So, so tell us, you said you're primarily based in California. How old is, is your company?
1: Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll tell you a little about deep Sentinel. We're like you said, we're a security company. We started about four years ago. Um, and our, our basic mantra is to stop crimes, actually stop crimes. And, and the, the backdrop of that, my, my background is in artificial intelligence. I got to go to Stanford. I did a bit before then, and then my last three gigs have been in AI. And uh, and so Deep Sentinel's is a, a, a little bit of a leap to the left of the rest of my career. I, uh, I was at Amazon really early and, and ran an AI team there, the, the R&D division of uh, the personalization team. I started Redfin, which is a, an AI and data company in the real estate space. And then uh, my last company, which was Relevance, which is another AI company. So just AI, AI, AI. Uh, with Deep Sentinel, we, uh, our, our entire company is, is started differently. I, I wanted it to be taking advantage of AI in the most interesting possible way. Um, but what we found was that there's this humongous gap in the security space where all the solutions you might buy, whether they're cameras or, or alarms, they don't actually stop crimes. And that was the big, to me, like the big aha moment. My neighbor had a home invasion. She has an alarm. She has cameras. And yet this worst possible thing happened and none of them took any steps to prevent it. And that's really the, the, the problem that we wanted to solve. We found that was that AI is really, really good about taking cameras and transforming them from a recording device where you post on next door. Here's this dude breaking into my car and stealing my stuff. Into a device that actually stops crime.
0: Well, and so I have um, my house when I bought it had home security cameras, and they were the old coax cable kind. Sure. And then, sure but sure. The, the problem was the video quality on them was was so awful that they were sort of useless, anyways. And so I bought some uh, wireless cameras, like probably a lot of people. And then the wireless cameras suck because the batteries die like every three months or six months. <laughs> However, sure. they were super cool that they use some sort of machine learning AI magic to tell me, you know, that there's a package at my front door mm-hmm. sure. or, you know, can tell the difference between a car driving by or a deer, you know, or whatever. Right. Like different stuff that they can do, which is super cool. Um, and it sounds like what you're doing is, is trying to take that to the next level to go beyond recognizing deer to go to recognizing Crime, right? I mean, is that is that kind of the genesis? It,
1: it, it's it's even more than that, like, it, 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 and that, yes, and right. Um, so so yeah, I mean, what what I observed uh, about four years ago when I started the company was I built a state of the art AI system on my cameras. Uh, they are kind of similar to what you initially described. They're wired cameras. They're Poe. They were state of the art though, right? I mean, it was, it was thousands and thousands of dollars to to have them put on my yeah, house. Now we got four K. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so. The thing that I learned was that whether it's 4K, 1080p, 720p, or like 320p coaxial crappy yeah. ones, they all do the same thing, which is just record stuff. And if you turn on the alerts, even if you put AI behind alerts, like you can't respond. How oh, yeah, am you I going to bu- You get bugs flying around. Yeah. They you get, get alerts bugs. about bugs. Even if you just filter it out to the things that might be suspicious, you're still getting dozens of alerts a day. And if you have a life, which I hope all of your listeners do, if you have a job that demands 100% of your attention, which I would guess 100% of your podcast or was like how to do better at pouring my energy into crushing it with my business, you don't have time to be sitting there looking at your phone. I got to, I got to give you 100% of my attention while I'm on this podcast. I fly on a plane. I can't be giving attention to my, my phone. And those are all those missed opportunities where that's how crime happens, Right. Go on next door and you look on next door and you're gonna see dozens and dozens of videos of while I was asleep, this person broke into my car. While I was asleep, this person did this. While I was away, somebody did this. And they think you know, the, the the verbiage on there is my favorite, right? It's just so ironic. I caught this guy stealing my No, you didn't. You got a recording of a guy stealing yeah. your stuff. Congratulations, right? Like Do you want a, you want a cookie? I'll give you a cookie. Yeah. I mean, you, that, you didn't the worst prevent
0: it. You just <laughs> You just have evidence of it at this point. And
1: so what we do is we take the AI, we filter all that out, and then we use it to to send that video within five seconds to a live guard, fully annotated with what's going on. So so by way of example, you come up to my house. The second you step onto my property, our cameras trigger and start sending the video to an artificial intelligence. That AI is looking for you to do anything suspicious. Now, you now start hold writing. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> How do you filter out the Amazon guy who comes by every day and the Instacart guy?
1: Well, so, so here's what we do is if, if they're bringing a package on, we, the AI triggers and we'll still elevate it to a person. We don't alert immediately. We still believe that you've got to have an effective, well-trained, contextual human being in the middle. And that person's job is if it's the Amazon guy, I'm going to watch him, make sure that he leaves the property. If it's the neighbor coming by to bring cookies, I'm going to watch, make sure they knock on the door and somebody answers the door. And then they respond appropriately. If that neighbor that brings cookies all of a sudden pulls out a crowbar and starts banging on the door, within three seconds, they're going to hear, this is deep sentinel security. I need you to stop what you're doing. The police are on their way. If they just sit there at your doorstop, then after a minute of kind of loitering, they'll, they'll say, hey, this is deep sentinel security. Just want to make sure that you know, you're supposed to be here. And. In all of those scenarios, what you have is you have an intervention before damage is done to the property. And what that means is 99% of the time, if that is a criminal, they pulled out their crowbar, bam, they're gone. Because you know what's the the neatest thing about this too is when our guards tell someone the police are on their way, that's not a bluff. When we when we say that, we call the police instantly. And instead of like like let's say you have ADT and you get a you get an alarm. Okay, hey, I've got a motion in the living room or I've got a garage door. The guy probably just left his garage door open. Uh, can you send a cop? What cop wants to respond to that? None of them because they're 99% false alarms. Yeah. When we call police, we get an instant response. I've got a white male in a hoodie with a crowbar banging on the front door. I need an instant response. So Every cop across the nation responds to that.
0: So when you went to start this business, was... And, and it's, it's very clear the, the benefits that it can provide. Right. But what, what were the daunting things you're like, man, how I have to like also invent like my own video cameras or like, what, what, what were, what were those barriers that thinking, like, mean? I can apply machine learning and, and that part of it makes sense. And I can provide, you know, remote surveillance and whatever. But wasn't the like developing, having to deal with the hardware side of this, like a daunting thing that you didn't Everything want to Everything about deal with? this business
1: was daunting. Like, I mean, again, yeah. this isn't my first business I started. It's just by far the hardest, right? I, I hope to think of this one as my swan song, right? Like the culmination of all of my past successes and, and more importantly, the culmination of all my past failures, like bringing all that knowledge to, to bear. I would say there's two things that were really hard about this business. One was what you said, hardware. I'd never built hardware. I did research on robotics uh, in college and, uh, and built robots. And so that was kind of my experience with hardware. I'd never done mass production, you know, design my own uh, print circuit board and assemble it and then manage that through quality and delivery. So that was definitely a new, new experience for me. The second thing though, which I think is just as rewarding. and, And by the way, I mean, like we built our own cameras and they're sick, right? Like they've got, They've got huge batteries they have solar power so you never have to change the batteries we we have a built in charger and all this stuff right so that was a great and rewarding experience the part that actually has been the hardest was gluing it all together once we had the cameras and we had the ai and we had guards sitting at a console it's figuring out how do you make sure guards do exactly what you just said they respond right to the amazon guy okay, now Amazon's using these white vans and people without uniforms to deliver, which happened yeah. in the pandemic. How do you deal with that? How do you use AI to make sure that not only are they doing, uh, sorry, to not only say that we know what we're supposed to do, but we use AI and data to tell that our guards are doing the right things and oversee that and ensure that we're delivering a great experience to our customers. And that really has been the hardest thing, building this from an operational perspective to scale. So I've got about, uh, 55, 60 employees right now, and 40 of them are guards. And so, making sure that they have well, the you right must have employees all around the world, right, to do this 24 seven. Yep, we do. We've got we've got a a corpus of them here in California. We've got a bunch of them all over the U.S. And then we've got two stations in uh, in, in outside of the U.S. to make sure we're covering 24 seven. Where are your employees outside the U.S.? Uh, most of them are in the Philippines okay so we also hey, we have can relate we can relate at full scale we've got over 200 employees in the Philippines so yeah I mean I, I I found the culture there to be fantastic they're really good at this job Um, they're very attentive it's a great le- you know you talked about hiring right at the beginning Yeah, labor pool there is wonderful Uh, you know sure. we're able to provide a high quality of life to these people Um, and they're they're able
0: to work really hard for us in the night shift which is pretty tough yeah absolutely we can definitely relate it at full scale on that side of it so to me, I guess I'm still wondering in my head, why did you have to create your own video camera? Is, wasn't there something like off you know, the shelf you could use for that? Because that seems like that a daunting, a crazy question. task.
1: That is uh, such, such a good question. And, you know, looking at the business where right now, over 80% of our uh, sales are for third-party cameras. So we we have a whole camera integration layer where we support third-party hardware okay. that's not manufactured by us. Uh, But we found two really key things. Number one, if you're just building services on top of third-party hardware, while you may have a really interesting service, you have a really hard time telling people what it is you do, meaning that just human beings are so visual and so narrative-based in terms of their storytelling. I I, I can't uh, show your listeners what the cameras are that we built, but, but let me say this. Our cameras were designed to be our brand. Whether you buy our cameras or you use your own cameras, when you think of Deep Sentinel as a customer, you think of our cameras. Our cameras are—they're uh, uniquely designed. They're more aggressive looking than like if you bought ones from Nest or Ring. Yeah, I'm looking right. at it
0: online here. I, I
1: see flashing red lights and uh, right. a
0: dude running away with a crowbar.
1: That's right. It's got it's got a, it's got two. Um, functions it it has a camera and actually the speaker is separate it's the largest speaker of any camera that you can buy out there it's got red led lights that that spin around that tell you somebody's watching uh it's got a huge battery in it because it's designed to always be on it has built-in solar panels if you want them and and that all those things that i just said are indicators of trust we take your security seriously if you hang up a cute looking white camera that's designed to disappear into the background how much do you really trust it and and it turns out like that matters right and and so i love having our own cameras because it allows us to tell our story in a way that's fundamentally different than anybody else and and as you and, and all of your startup listeners know your story is almost as important as the way you tell it
0: <laughs> well right. for sure these cameras look look different and scary as i'm looking at your website here um they, they look pretty cool but i still wonder like there wasn't a middle ground where you could have taken like a off the shelf like some of the hardware and then wrapped it in your own like stuff like were you able to reuse yeah, some of that like or do you have to start from scratch on like how to build a video camera one-on-one
1: No, no, we did a little bit of that, right? So the, the chips on the inside of this are the same ones as the ones that you see in like an Arlo camera and electronics design is pretty similar to that. A lot of shared components. Yeah. So, so we didn't go all the way down, but we did go down to the kind of the best of breed components that you would look at in, in other cameras. And, um. Uh but but still even doing that is is pretty ridiculously well, difficult, right? You still have and, to manage supply chain and everything like that.
0: And and that that that's got me <clears and> I want <throat> to ask the next question of like how many iterations of this hardware design did you have to go through where like, you know, you order a thousand of them and then you get them in and you're like, Oh shit, this didn't work at all and you like throw them all away. Like did you so have to I go through this? Time? In
1: in three phases. The first phase is the one you just described, where you're like ordering stuff and testing it and then throwing it away. And that lasted for probably a year where yeah, we would and, get and, a version of it.
0: And, 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 and this is a really key point to, to the listeners out there that are thinking about this kind of business. And, that, and that's why I bring it up because anybody who I've ever talked to that's, done, that's been in the hardware business, it's been a total nightmare and a disaster to get the product well, to market. And you just highlighted the issue. It's like we spent a year building prototypes and throwing them away.
1: Like people need to really understand that if they if they want to go down and this path. And especially for a software guy, understanding that's very different than anything you've ever done in Hell software. Yeah. I turn, can't just fix the bug and ship a new version. That's right. It, it, I mean there's there's a little bit you can do with with existing hardware, but when there's a bug, you you got to deal with it. You got to learn as much as you can with what you got and then you got to do a turn. And it it if you think about software, usually it takes 5 or 6 turns to get that done. Well, there you go. There's 6 months right there. Uh, and, and that's in kind of the best of times. So then that's the first phase. Then you get to something that's working, it's sellable. I can manufacture it and I can manufacture it and guarantee the quality. And by the way, those last two things are what you spend the whole last half of that year. So the first half of the year is getting something that really worked and functioned. And the last half of the year is making sure that we built something that when we manufactured it on a manufacturing line, it would be consistent. We could test it on the manufacturing. We would do a good job of it. Uh, then the second phase is when you're in production and for the first six months, like we had a cable that one out of on 100 of them, the cable melted under, oh, uh, under power. And then it would cause the camera to stop functioning. But it took a long time to find that because you had to use it for six months and you had to, it only happened very, very, very infrequently. And that second phase, you have, you know, hopefully your goal is to have like 5% returns and then move on with life. And then you do like pretty significant iterations of your hardware. And then the third phase is I'm locked in the hardware. I haven't changed it. I haven't changed our hardware for a year and a half. And I'm just updating the software. And we launch software updates all the time. And so what's neat about it is that once you get that platform, what you can do in software is typically amazing. You just got to make sure that you've thought about the right things and enabled those things in the hardware. So then your software updates can be super powerful. Kind of think about it like the Tesla They launched um, self-driving capabilities after they launched the car because they knew what they wanted. But then they had to come out with a new version of the car in order to to support the next version of self-driving. But it's it's an iterative process, you know. I mean, and it's um, it is a lot of work. It definitely was harder. If I had to do it over again, I would say I'd absolutely do it because our brand is so incredibly strong. Uh, if, if, you, if you want to solve this problem, if you own a small business that has assets, you want to solve this problem, and we are the only company to go to to do that, and we own that space. So
0: speaking of that, if you've got HR problems, managing your team can be as easy as one, two, three with gusto. No more late nights for processing payroll or dealing with business tax filings. No more painful spreadsheets for attendance tracking. Say hello to our new smart HR platform. Check out gusto.com slash startup hustle to get a free three month subscription now. That's gusto.com slash startup hustle. And so I was looking on your website and it looks like you also have a a service for businesses, right? And so in some some way, do you guys replace like paying like a real physical, you know, uh, security guy that would just like walk around all night and do nothing?
1: Yeah, I mean, well,
0: <laughs> you put him out of I business?
1: There's my sales pitch, right? Uh, you know, I mean, the the um yes, that is exactly what we do. If you look at the market, you can spend 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month and get cameras, maybe 40 bucks a month and get ADT, and then your next upgrade if you're still having crime problems, which by the way, none of those things deal with auto burglary. None of those things deal with package theft. None of those things actually prevent most actual break ins, none of them protect your fleet of cars. Your next step up is a guard. So you're going from fifty bucks a month and then your next step up is ten thousand bucks a month, maybe twenty if you want to do twenty-four-seven. And so we we effectively own that entire price band for anybody that is having security issues. And and you know if you're paying attention this last two years, especially for for businesses that have heck, you got an electrician fleet and you got copper. I mean that there you go. You, you own an RV sales site, you own a truck fleet and that it has catalytic converters. You have to be protecting these assets. And so that's, that's what we do. And, and we, you know, you mentioned the guard not doing anything. One of the things we have to also learn is not only are we cheaper and, and we're able to like do that effectively, we're way better than a guard. Cause if you, if you have a job, let's just put you in the, the seat of this guard hey, I want you to sit at this chair for four hours and look at this screen where nothing's happening.
0: And instead, play on your phone look, and watch well.
1: TikTok videos. Amen, right? Like that's why TikTok is doing so well is because oh, yeah. of all these poor security guards out there. They suck. <laughs> They're expensive and they suck. And yeah. so, the, I mean, the number one thing that you see all the time is you see, uh, you, actually one of the, the inspirations for starting Deep Sentinel was, I, I started researching this space and talking to like Mark Zuckerberg's security staff what do they do between ten p.m. and four a.m.? Jumping jacks, man. You're paying these guys a full-time job. They're maybe former secret, you know, uh, uh, sorry, special forces, not secret service. Um, most of them are former special forces or military, and you're paying them to do jumping jacks for eight hours a day to do nothing. It doesn't matter if you're the best trained person in the world. You're going to start screwing up because your job sucks. And yeah. one of the neat- it's just is too it boring.
0: There's yeah, nothing to it, do.
1: It's horrible. So um, then. I, I, Go ahead.
0: So, 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 how do you, how does your team manage that? Where I, I have to feel like ninety nine percent of their job is watching Amazon delivery guys walk up to front doors.
1: Yeah, about ninety five percent of it is. But there's two things that we do. Um, number one is we make sure to give them the information. Hey, this is a low priority, high priority event. Here's what I want you to look at, and then we also measure the pace at which we feed videos to our guards. So unlike you know, you're used to kind of seeing a camera system where you go to your, your hotel lobby or your, you know, whatever uh, commercial bit property lobby and you see the person that just has a CCTV and there's a bunch of stuff not happening. We flip that over where instead of the guard being in control of what they look at, we actually feed videos to the guard and we require them to respond. And so we're able to do two things with that. Number one, we measure the pacing of what we send to the guard. Number two, which is actually the most important, we then measure the guard's response. So we we look at, did this guard view this for five seconds or 25 seconds? Did they view it for five minutes? Did they call the police? And then three, we close the loop. We optimize those feeds based on what produces productivity from the guards. In fact, um, we even use that for training machine learning models. And what what is actually working and what's not working? uh, You know, you can can have AI that, like you said, on your cameras, it identifies a package. What we are measuring is not just, is this a package? We're measuring, does a package plus a gun plus a a person driving by result in a guard action? What's the action? What's the outcome? So are you you guys working on that outcome?
0: I would imagine that you're working nonstop to figure out how to improve the the machine learning and, and computer vision to identify like, ah, oh, that's, that's the weekly UPS guy. Like, is that something you guys are continuing to work on? So it's like you kind of like filtering out that kind of that's stuff. That's exactly
1: right. Like, again, let me use Tesla as an example. We've been able to look at a camera and say, is that a car and is it going and is this a person? What Tesla focuses on with their autopilot is not, is this a person? They're focusing on, did the, did my driver hit the brakes? Did they veer the car slightly to the left? Did they veer the car to the right? Did they speed up? Did they slow down? All of those things are actually what you care about. And with yes. the most recent advances in machine learning, it's, uh, it, it's called uh, what we do is called self-supervised deep learning. And with, with those types of data inputs, you can start predicting what the, what the actual physical outcome is instead of just what are these things and draw a bunch of boxes on a screen. Well, because again, boxes on a screen are getting a bunch of alerts of package alerts. It's just as noisy and just as meaningless for the purposes of actually stopping crime.
0: Well, so to re probably rephrase what, what you just said in a different way is, you're basically your guards look at these videos for five or 10 seconds or whatever. And then they basically say it's an issue or not an issue. Right. And then you basically have the history of all of that over thousands (laughs) of times that then you can feed into some kind of machine learning algorithm that says, here's all the things that we've watched that we said were not a problem. And here's how we reacted to them Bingo. and then
1: try and break the signal from the noise. Right. That's exactly right. We, we are basically taking, uh, one of the problems in machine learning it, 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 it I'll, I'll express it technically, is that if you just have a video and you didn't label it with this is a person, this is a car, it's actually not that useful for making an AI better. We have this really unique closed loop data set that includes the actions of the guards. And so we're actually training the AI based on the actions of the guards, not just based on is this a tree or a right. car. Not just object that's, recognition. That's right. That's one of these really unique kind of breakthroughs from a technology perspective that means... We took what is considered, in the, at the state of the art, a solved problem, and then we opened up an entirely new realm of problem that isn't solved. The, the space of analyzing the response to videos is completely open. It, it, it's it's bleeding-edge technology. Tesla's at the forefront of that as it relates to cars, and we're at the forefront as it relates to security.
0: So to do what you guys are doing, did you... Um, did you have to raise a lot of, of capital and, and VC capital and stuff to to get this off the ground?
1: I did. You know, I, I've raised about uh, a little over twenty million dollars to to get this going. And you know, I'll, I'll be frank. At the beginning, that was easier. And then once the pandemic hit, pandemic was not good to our business. So it's been it's been tough for the last two years, and really just in the last six months since um, October of last year, we broke out and uh and that's been awesome to see i mean a lot of hard work as you can tell we're a super mission-driven organization like we we believe strongly that stopping crimes can change security and you know it's just funny to say that because you'd be blown away how other security companies don't think that so what we're saying really should be (laughs) table stakes but you know, ADT doesn't actually stop that many crimes. We probably stop as many crimes in our, as a small company as ADT does across their entire business just because that's what we do. We actually stop crimes.
0: Is that something that you guys can actually measure to say this is how many yeah. crimes that happened and this is how many oh, we absolutely. stopped? Like you actually know that?
1: Absolutely. Every morning I cool. wake up to a list of here are all the crimes that we stopped. Here's where we intervened. Here's where this trespasser stopped. The one thing that we do have that that's uh, a little bit of a bummer, which is it, it's ironic and funny is we stop 99% plus of our interventions. Wow. And so our, a lot of our videos, if you go to our YouTube channel, we have a YouTube channel and uh, deep Sentinel YouTube. We take the ones that are more dramatic. We're like, you see the person pull out the crowbar, but honestly, most of our videos are like person is hanging out just like just loitering. And we say, Hey, this is deep sentinel security. And then they walk away instantly. And so we stop the crime so early in the cycle that most of our interactions are, are really not that dramatic.
0: You deter and, people that are I just like hanging it. around being yeah. being creepy.
1: I mean, if you look at the, the video, again, go on your next door and look at this. You look at the people that actually get broken into. A lot of the times the burglars are outside their house for three, five, 10, 15 minutes getting ready because nobody's watching the videos. In fact let me let me actually even take that a step further if you have a video doorbell and somebody's about to break into your house you know what they do well a couple years ago they used to avoid it or maybe put tape over it what they do now is they ring it they make sure they trigger it as many times as possible why would they do that that doorbell is giving them information about you it's supposed to be your way of seeing your front door it also tells them hey nobody's home Nobody's paying attention to their camera. We got the house for at least 20 minutes. We're good. <laughs> and so the, the the act of intervening at that moment, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes them knowing that there's a, there's a human being watching. It has this entire psychological shift, even when we have people that are fully prepared to break in. There's two or three of them. They've got masks. They've got hoods on. They've got crowbars. They've got bolt cutters They've got a battering ram, some sort of like jerry-rigged battering ram. If they know someone's watching and the police are on their way, crime's done. No damage.
0: They're looking for the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So the, the effect of the pandemic on your business is definitely interesting to think about because I could see home security maybe being a little less important if everybody's working from home. You're like, I'm home all day. I'm not as worried about security anymore but I would have thought that office security would have been like through the roof. Like there's nobody in any of these office buildings. What are we doing for security?
1: Yeah. So, does that make sense? Is that what you saw? Absolutely. We only launched our business line of business. uh, I think it was in March of 2020. So it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we had to launch a new product in the midst of the pandemic. And that was particularly what was hard was, was changing our brand, changing our mode of operation, changing all of our operations while going to the pandemic. You are right though. Um when I look at the inflection point we hit 6 months ago it was because we launched that product. We got enough momentum behind it throughout 2020. Then we found out how to sell it, how to market it, how to price it in in the early part of 2021 and then by Q3 2021 we figured all those things out, and the and the market. I mean, it's literally just a you know elbow curve in terms so what, of every one of the metrics I, in the business.
0: I'm I'm intrigued. You know, what is your guys's go to market strategy? I would honestly never heard of your product before, right? Like I I don't see it at Best Buy or Target. You know yep. what 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 is your go to market strategy? How do how do you reach your your audience?
1: Yeah, so we have we have three key thrusts to our go to market strategy. Number one is we realize that people, like you just said, that that the crime of offices went up. And, and what we found was that where those people go is typically to local installers. And so the number one thing that we changed was we changed from a, a mostly direct model to a mostly channel model. And yeah. so most of our distribution now goes through installation. The second thing we learned was as we launched business, uh, our business line, residents wanted installers. Maybe 20% of them wanted an installer, 30% of them. Pretty much 100% of the businesses wanted an installer to do this. So they didn't want to do it themselves. Um, If they're hanging up, you know, Arlo cameras or whatever, then they'll do that themselves. But they're not really trying to solve a security problem if they're doing that. The people that want to solve a security problem want a professional and they want a professional on site. So we had to launch an entire network. We now have almost 380 installers all around the U.S. Almost every major metro area is covered now. I just talked to one the other day,
0: like literally yesterday. There you go. I had somebody at my house that provides our normal home security, and I'm actually looking for a video system like this because I have an Arlo system. The batteries are all dead. So, all the thieves that want to come by, they're all dead. They've been dead for months, probably like most people who have wireless yep. systems. It's a common problem, right? And I've actually been shopping for this, and uh, I might be your next customer, maybe even before I mean, that, the podcast that's exactly is over. Right. Here. So the
1: people, once you, once you, you can play around with Arlo's all you want, go ahead, play with Arlo's because all they are is a toy. Right? You want to watch your baby and 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 have a baby cam, sweet. You want to look at your kids in the driveway, sweet. You want to post stuff on Facebook, sweet. You want to solve a security problem. You ins- as soon as you ask yourself the question, is this actually going to make me safer? You know the answer. You know, and, and I, I was actually kind of embarrassed the way that I learned this was. Uh, again, my neighbor had this home invasion, and we had a, this neighborhood watch meeting, and I asked the police officer, the, the who's now he's now a. a, a more friendly to me uh, now that I, I I help him with his job. But I, I asked him, like, hey, man, he, she has everything. How come this still happened to her? And he said to me, what did you expect the cameras to do, jump out and stop the crime? Yeah. They did what they're supposed to do. We have a recording, but but now you just have a picture of six we guys. We have a recording of the
0: guy on. in the mask who smashed the window. What do we do now? Yeah.
1: Congratulations, right? And, and you know, he would, <laughs> he and I developed a relationship as I started like really digging into this. And he started showing me like, look at this. This is my drawer of thumb drives of all these videos of people that we don't know. We don't have a facial recognition database. We can't do CSI Miami on this. Like there's, there's nothing we can do with most of these things unless we happen to know the perp the second we see the video. And so I started to realize the only way to solve this was to go to prevention. You have to move into a prevention mode in order to solve this. But but again, to, to complete your answer about you know selling into businesses, once we added the installer, we added uh the 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 business and we marketed it, we got it right, we figured out how to do it incredibly well. So now we, we stop all these crimes every day. Um, then we had to start getting the word out, and that, that's what we've been doing with content. So we have a ton of content. If you search for preventing crimes with cameras and that kind of part of the world, which we think is the future we're owning that world from an organic perspective, we own that narrative. And we needed to make sure that we we had a good foothold on what it is we do, how we get it to you. And then let's tell the story. And that's what we're doing now.
0: Yeah. And I can see working with local um, installation partners all over the country would be a, an excellent
1: oh, man, they um, love it. go to market strategy for
0: you. It's just my, my experience with that in the past has also been very difficult. Like, how do you get them to sell your product versus somebody else's product? And how do you train them? And uh, just all of that has got to be a nightmare. And you must have a handful of people that all day long just have to deal with trying to train. And that's, what,
1: that's what we had to do this last year. You asked, like, why didn't it just take off right yeah. off the bat? And that's why we had to, we had to build that. And by the way, building that in, in 2020 was almost impossible because they weren't going on site. Like they didn't have the demands to go on site because there was this weird kind of up and down of the pandemic. Yeah. 2021 was where that really turned around. Businesses started to open up. People started really kind of uh being open to having contractors on site. And so that's that did take some time. We do have to get the training down. But here's the key thing, though, for them: our close rate is wicked high. From proposal to close is like 80%. And so again, right, like they're putting a proposal in front of someone who says, Hey, I want to stop crimes. Hey, I'm Matt. I want to protect my business. I want to actually have something that stops. I got three bids. This bid for just cameras, and that's five thousand bucks. This bid for just cameras and that's five thousand bucks. Or this bid from Deep Sentinel. And it's five thousand bucks up front and then three hundred bucks a month. But it actually stops the crime. Are you 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 able to tell which one anybody who's serious about stopping crimes is gonna get? Like it's just it's easy peasy. Is there any
0: angle here where you're able, like people are able to get discounts on like home insurance or things like that because they use this type of system?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people both have business and uh, home insurance, depending on their policy. Do you have a monitored system? Do you have live 24-7 guards? There's industries like cannabis where they have to have a live 24-7 guard, um, where not only is it uh, a a discount to, to insurance, it's actually part of their accreditation. Like they need it in order to be certified. And so, they, they, we're we're filling a gap where again, like let's look at cannabis. Their alternative is twenty thousand bucks a month, and so we're able to provide that for significantly less at higher quality. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it interfaces into that industry for the average homeowner though. They get a discount that's pretty similar to having an alarm, um, but again, effective. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's
0: interesting. It's just interesting to think about all those go to market strategies and partnerships and and it, you know, it's just. For our listeners to think about, right? Like, you know, potentially you, you partner with an insurance company that all of a sudden is, you know, recommending your product to everybody. And those are all the weird, you know, channel partnerships you have to think about over time. And some of them work and some of them don't. And um, it's just... And we've un- done that.
1: we In fact, uh, we have an insurance company, one of the top three in the nation is one of our investors. But you also have to remember like big companies are pretty risk averse, right? So how do you, how do you navigate that? We're a small company. If they recommend us, does that cause problems? And so we've got to, we've got to make sure that we manage um, both sides of that equation. Like how do you find the right size partner for my business? I also know companies, right? There's a, there's a great story. I think it's a pickle company in 1990 that got the best distribution partner for a pickle company at Walmart. And Walmart squeezed their prices so that they were one penny unprofitable on every jar they sold. Very and they nice. went out of business three months later. Wow. And so you got to pick your partners, you know, yeah. distribution is not the the only name of the game, right? And, you know, I think Walmart learned a good lesson from that. That made it onto the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And so Walmart's procurement department is now required to make sure that their vendors are at least profitable uh, on the business or they have a profitable uh, business plan through partnering with them because it, You know, you get these big distribution deals. You got to be able to service them. You got to make sure that you do them well, and it fits into your overall business.
0: I mean, that's the key to business is it's got to be a win-win-win for everybody, right? Um, Otherwise, it just it doesn't work. So, well, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Gusto. If you are looking for an all-in-one HR platform, it's time to check out Gusto. You have everything you need in just a few clicks of a button. You'll get you'll even get three months free. I don't know why I can't say three months free. (laughs)
1: It's almost like it's the first time you said it. I know.
0: When you go to Gusto <laughs> slash Startup Hustle, that's Gusto.com slash Startup Hustle. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation today. And one thing I've been thinking this whole time, I'm like, man, maybe I need to buy one of these things. And honestly, the cameras are super cool looking. They almost look like they would shoot you with a laser.
1: That was, exa- so, so if I can, I'm gonna, before we wrap up, I have to tell a little story about the design. So most design firms, you, you hire a design firm, and they're like, we're going to make your product look like Apple. And I was like, I don't want it to look like Apple. Apple looks, you know, comfortable. I want this product to make you feel uncomfortable. I want you to feel I'll safe. It look like
0: a Gatling gun.
1: I want, to, I want it to be able to be both safe when my wife and I come home and then intimidating if the wrong person's there. And, uh, and so I, I went through this massive design uh, cycle. In fact, we won a bunch of awards for the design for kind of standing out in that way. Um, but it was hard to get people to do it. And so I literally went and I found designers who had worked on video games to design futuresque security cameras. Because in video games you do have that. They have they have like video cameras that do shoot you. Yeah, yeah. Like, sweet. I, I hired a, a video game artist out of the Ukraine actually um, to design some examples. And then I brought those to a top tier mechanical design firm. I said, I want us to get somewhere between Apple and here it can't be all aggression i'm going to kill you but it can't be just soft and and friendly and i'm going to you know put butter on it and eat it for breakfast like that it has to be somewhere in the middle and that was that was a really fun experience to get to design that that kind of soup to nuts
0: it's always fun to build new things man that that's the the favorite the best part the hard part is the part you're in now where it's the operational side of this and and growing it and scaling it and the the brain damage that comes along with that right like having <laughs> Like uh, we have fifty guards that look at TVs all day, right? Like, yep. Uh, is that part of it is a so you whole gotta make different sure you've challenge. You've done that well enough before whole, you get to scale. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole Otherwise different gonna... whole different problem than the initial stages where you're trying to build the thing. That's like, a totally Absolutely. different. And and honestly, there are guys like me that love and enjoy like the early stage of it, but dread every second of the later stage of it. <laughs> I'd rather go build something new. Like, I want to build cool new things. I don't want to like. Manage fifty employees that are doing that. That's a whole different problem.
1: It is. It, it is, and it requires a completely different skill set. Absolutely. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you got to change some of your leadership. You got to be willing to change the way that you look at the business. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate in that I really enjoy both phases. Uh, and and with this business, you know, we didn't talk about the mission too much, but you know, our 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 company's mission is to make people safer. And the fact that that has just such a huge impact, you know, I get an email every week from a customer, I slept soundly for the first time last night, I cannot believe that this is a real product. I can't believe I didn't have this a year ago. I can't ever imagine my life without this. And that to me, whether I'm in the positive phases of building product and the exciting phase of that, or I'm in the doldrums of the first, that first year of the pandemic, that's what drives me. So the one thing that I would note about this company that I think has really, really been neat for me is that I chose really carefully. I spent a year and a half choosing this business before I started it, and I wanted to make sure that when it got really demotivating, when all those external factors went away, that what we were doing was meaningful enough that it would overcome that. And uh, and that's that's probably the single best decision I've made when I started this company.
0: Well, it's very cool, and I, I love what you're doing and the mission of it. And and I am seriously looking to buy. Um, a camera system right now. So, so tell me, how long do the batteries last for these things?
1: So on the so again, we got we've got two systems. We've got our own, which is our wireless. Those batteries last about three months. Um, you can also add solar to them, and then they basically last forever. Um, and then we have our commercial offering, which is our power over Ethernet, and that integrates yeah. with a bunch of different power over Ethernet cameras out there. Um, and those obviously last forever. Yep. Okay. But very the, cool. The price difference is significant, right? You're going kind of from a consumer product to a commercial product. So it, it's a, it's a pretty big jump up in terms of the, the upfront costs.
0: Well, very cool. I, I love what you're doing and um, I'm sure you'll, you'll get a few listeners that go check out your website and uh, what we want to tell everybody where they can find more information about you.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so thanks for asking Matt. I, I would say instead of directing us to, our, to them to our website, I would say the most interesting place is that YouTube channel I mentioned a little bit ago. Go to YouTube, search for Deep Sentinel, S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L. And we publish a video every single week of the crimes that we stop. And that's my, that's my pride and joy is that video. We take the best crimes that we stopped every week, we put them together in a little compendium, and we publish it. And it's called our Stopped uh, line. And it's just hard-hitting. It's crime after crime after crime of just stop, get off the property, stop, yeah. get off the property, stop, get off the property. Uh, that's the number one way. And then the second way, you know, if you're interested in, in kind of following our company and, and my journey, I do publish stuff on LinkedIn. And so I direct people to my LinkedIn and you can follow me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate having you on today. Matt, it was awesome. Thanks for all the great questions. All right. Thank you. Startup hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.